As a lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan, I must tell you that the bandwagon is fully occupied. Well, at least until they they lose once, which could be (laughs) by the time you listen to this podcast. Anyway, here we go. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining. My name is J.O. I'm the host of Maximize Your Medicare podcast. I'm also the author of Maximize Your Medicare. The official website for the book, www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. The text, the link is in the text of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the reviews on Amazon.com. So today we've got three segments about real life examples you know, there, there are certain things that I can't put in the book, meaning, you know, I've got other comments and observations about things that I see in practice, everyday real world experiences that people from Medicare or health insurance, financial planning, financial advice, you know, <laughs> I, I don't have a good existence. And some of that is because, you know, there's a difference when things go wrong between A, Things that happen as a result of randomness, pure randomness, right? I mean, stuff happens, pandemic hits, for example. No one would have predicted that. But there are certain other things that could have been prevented. Some of that is wrongdoing. And unfortunately, what I'm going to give to you today are three examples of when someone in my seat has either intentionally or unintentionally done something that should have been looked at more carefully. We don't know. We we're going to have different conclusions on these three different examples. But what happens is the client, you, the everyday listener, or even the professional, you know, highly skilled professional, wrongly interprets this information received glosses over it as fact, glosses over the conclusion as fact, just accepts it, and then gets an outcome they don't desire. Okay, so, you know, the thing is that I'm not here to just throw rocks at Mr. X, Y, and Z. You know, I don't know who Mr. X, Y, and Z are. The reality is I don't really follow or watch other people's advice or YouTube videos, podcasts, and things like that. I'm just kind of like put my head down. <laughs> like I'm busy. Uh, you know, I have a message, which is that people can handle it with, you know, a, some guidance about the r- correctly placed principles and then attached to your common sense. Now, you know, the, this is, has other things to do with, the, is there some academics involved and some of that is some heavy lifting or advanced lifting? Yeah, there, there can be. And, you know, the, the fact is that some of you, I'm sure, have watched the videos and on the YouTube channel, please go and subscribe. You know, you watch the videos or listen to the podcast and you go, what in the hell is this guy talking about? Uh, you know, this has nothing to do with, you know, the topic that I came to listen to. But real reality is, is that that information is there to build the kind of rationale, the common sense rationale, because I do have faith in people that they can attach their real world experiences, attach their 
common sense to it. And, you know, people are intimidated by things because it says financial something. But if I literally just scratched off the word financial and called it plumbing contract or, you know, electrician annual service contract, you know, the conclusion, very, very clear. All right, I'll step down from the soapbox and get onto the three examples now. The first example comes from Oklahoma and basically what has happened here, and there's no excuse. And I'll just be very candid. Unfortunately, what I have to tell you is that in an economy where there's 60 million consumers, more than 60, I'm going to call it 62 million consumer Medicare consumers, there's going to be wrongdoing. Uh, you know, we don't have to be talking about any commercial. If we talk about any financial commercial transaction, 60 million instances are all the intermediaries working precisely the way as they should. The answer is going to be no. Right. And, and that's what unfortunately has happened here. So an existing financial planning client calls me uh, and sends me a text the other day and just actually yesterday, which was Saturday and says, you know, my mother is in a skilled nursing facility and has to go to hospital and sh and showed evidence of a card by carrier X. The issue is that myself and my adult age children who are all near Medicare age uh, don't recognize the card and don't know that the that an insurance you know policy has been switched to this carrier lettered X. Now, this is pretty alarming, right? So I encourage here your first takeaways. Number one is if you have an adult elderly parent and you are an adult age child, it is very worth just to check in with your parent to see what their configuration is. Because in this instance, the elderly parent, 90 plus years old, has been switched insurance unbeknownst to people around her. And this is unfortunate, horrific, every negative, you know, adjective I could possibly say. Let me say the following. A, point A, there are federal rules to prevent this and the carrier would not know necessarily that this has happened okay um there's no excuse there is no excuse right uh i'm an agent you know that's one of the hats that i wear the idea that i would enroll someone into a plan that i represent one of the many 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 plans that i represent without the client explicitly knowing is unthinkable, right? And the reason is basically there'd be a complaint that could be lodged against me and that would jeopardize the, the entirety of my practice. And that would be a non-starter. Now, the problem is, is in this day and age of telemarketing and things like that, you know, unfortunately, this kind of thing has happened. And it's not only to the very elderly. 
uh, you know, I've got a client, you know, where I could throw a rock and hit his home, newly turning 65, who was enrolled in a standalone prescription plan and didn't know. And even though that was a suboptimal plan for his particular, you know, medication needs. So in other words, there can be instances like this. Now, uh, point number two here is that can I help unwind the situation? The answer is yes, maybe, but I would need to know precisely the timing of events, right? In other words, uh, you know, do I have the ability to make the call to figure out what has happened, the timestamp, time and date stamps, right? The carriers, remember, they're, they're so highly regulated. There's going to be a time and date stamp somewhere. There's going to be someone's name attached to the elderly parent's application or alleged application, right? So we're going to be able to track it down. But you need what ends up happening is my client based in Oklahoma doesn't know and shouldn't be expected to know. Right? She shouldn't be expected to know, hey, the carrier's tracking all of this stuff and there are all these other layers of protection for the consumer. That's not your business to really know. What was her business to know is to contact me. Okay. And as a result, can I go into the time capsule to see what the sequence of events actually was? The answer to that is yes. Okay. So that's your second takeaway. Take the third one is relates to the first point I was make, which was that I absolutely encourage we're coming up to the annual election period. Now we're going to, you're going to, your parents are going to be getting this call. You're getting this call. There are lots of advertisements. Okay. Just to double check, you can vet me. You can vet the person you're talking to on the phone. There's no reason to make a decision on a first call right? Without some serious advance work. You can ask me, you can have, you know, copies of an acknowledgement with confirmation numbers from me. These are some standard types of information that you should be expecting to get. And let's say, you know, you don't want to call me. You don't want to call Jay because, you know, he's annoying. He's got that nasal Midwest accent. He talks too fast. Whatever your answers are, Okay. And I'm not going to take it personally because I can tell by the number of people that are watching my videos and listen to podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. The overwhelming majority don't call me. That's fine. You know, but what I am saying is there's a certain standard set of information that you are entitled to receive from someone. It should be both the carrier and the financial representative at that time. At that time, and in the absence of it, that should raise questions. And more so, if you're receiving these kinds of confirmation numbers or, you know, enrollment packets without have asked for it, right? If you receive a card from a carrier which is completed with your name and a plan number on it that you did not intend, this is a huge red flag. The card doesn't just go into your purse or to your wallet. Please. 
I, I'm sorry to report that this kind of thing happens. And to be, to be candid, you know, this makes my life, my job a lot harder. That's why I'm this animated and aggravated, right? Because there are so many protections in your favor. The idea that I would violate it is so abhorrent and, you know, unlawful that, you know, a, my, what ends up happening is that unfortunately people are preying on the fact that since the consumers don't know their paths to go into the time machine, they don't know how to raise the flag to me. Now, the client in Oklahoma did the right thing, which is, okay, something doesn't pass the smell test, send Jay a text, see if what he has to say so that I can inform her about what the steps that can be taken. Now, I got nothing from this, right? I mean, you know, this the elderly parent isn't my client. The client client's parent is not my client. So, you know, there's going to be work to authorize me to even ask these questions, but that is kind of the type of service that people should be expecting from financial people out in the marketplace. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, we got breaking news. It's Sunday, uh, halftime of the Cowboys and the Rams. I'm a lifelong Cowboys fan, so I breathe a sigh of relief. Anyway, so today, um, or in the past, what I've done is I had talked about some uh, legislation which has been passed by the president, which, or an, it wasn't actually legislation, but an executive order, which had to do with prescription drug price control something that has bipartisan support. I don't think that uh, anyone really would say, well, I want higher drug prices. That said, uh, you know, I had a segment called Big Deal, Little Deal, Big Deal, Small Deal, Little Deal, and I called it, you know, Little Deal. Well, I'm going to have to upgrade that now to Big Deal. And the reason for it is the following, which is that in the prior version, in the first announcement uh, before the actual text of the order came out, this apply something called most favored nations applied only to Part B medications. However, that has been expanded to both Part B and to Part D. That means that the deals that the pharmaceuticals have set for all medications, basically. And what they have to do is they cannot offer a lower price to other countries than they can in the United States for both Part B and Part D medications. So we'll have to see um, because, you know, you do have to pass legislation along these lines. But now, nevertheless, this would be a big deal because then the United States would uh, get the same price, at least the same price as the discounts offered in other countries. So that's your update here live. Uh, it's Sunday. And before we get to the next segment, I thought to throw in that new development. The last takeaway here is, you know, I harp on the, or I keep making this point over and over, which is that people need to stay up to date on developments because the effect of this will be that the you know optimal solution for you 
the optimal financial solution, you know, is not only subject to, you know, your health and whether or not you've lost five pounds or, you know, whether or not uh, you're getting older. There are other forces going on. And because healthcare has to do with federal budget matters and legislative matters, you know, the backdrop, the environment can change. That would directly affect you. And the difference in your life is not $5 a year. This is going to be hundreds of dollars a year and maybe more than $1,000 a year to some of the individuals affected. You have every motivation to stay up to date. The last segment here is talking about uh, financial markets and, you know, the tie back to other financial topics that I talk about here on the podcast. So in the headlines, uh, you have seen the NASDAQ has dropped about 10% from the high and headlines are about a company based out of Japan called SoftBank. And they're called the NASDAQ whale. You can look that up on Google. Now in there is a bunch of very opaque stuff which have to do with put and call options. And the fact is that an investment arm, part of SoftBank, has been buying particular options, which are basically contracts that increase in value if the underlying stock increases, which is what they did on for the big, large cap technology stocks like Apple, um, you know, Amazon, etc. So... Basically, what ended up happening is that that created a situation where the sellers of these options to the buyer, they have to buy additional stock. And that just increased the pressure on the price higher. So, you know, kind of complicated stuff here. You can go and read it uh, in the link that I provided here in the text of this podcast. So what I did is I kind of described this with a client of mine using text and things like that. And, you know, there's a very highly, you know, there's a highly educated person with a lot of business experience. So not by any means, uh, you know, a a financial expert per se, but certainly one with a lot of commercial practical experience. And our conversation and my comments and his reaction, you know, are are notable here because they are they are instructive. And I thought to recap them here. So I'm describing the situation as I just did a few moments ago. And I said, look, SoftBank buys these types of contracts from Wall Street, meaning the investment banks and who serve as the brokers to these types of contracts. And they're able to do so. Now, the fact of the matter is the brokers then hedge. And by hedge, what I mean is they're not just selling these contracts to SoftBank and then just paying and then SoftBank just, you know, benefits if they, you know, if their predictions, you know, turn out to be true. They go out and hedge. And what does hedge mean? They go and mitigate the risk. They don't want to just stand out there and just sell one side of any prediction about financial markets in a naked way. 
And, you know, to me, you know, as a person with Wall Street experience, as a person who has dealt with complicated financial contracts in on three continents around the globe, basically, I was stunned because I was stunned because my client actually said, I did not know this, that Wall Street would just would hedge to mitigate the risk. So that's the first thing to take away, which is people need to understand that when Wall Street sells risk to their clients, in this case, SoftBank, and SoftBank has a position that would benefit if stocks go up, well, they've, they bought it from somebody and they bought it from a Wall Street broker. Well, the broker just doesn't sit there and hope that the prediction doesn't come true. They go out and they counterbalance the risk they sold to SoftBank. And the only way to do that is to buy similar types of stuff from somebody else or to buy the underlying stock. And that's precisely what they did. They had to. They had to. And as a result of that, the price pressure increased further. Now that note, you know, to those persons who don't have experience, for example, let's just say that you wanted to buy a house and the house next door, uh, you know, went up, you know, at a price much higher than you expected. Well, it would basically force you, if you were highly interested in the house next door, to pay a higher price, right? Because something similar to it went much, much higher. And that's an over, greatly oversimplified, you know, example. But it is similar in the sense that, you know, what ends up happening is you're the buyer of a house in that particular neighborhood and you start observing that the overall prices go higher. You may have had no choice and maybe you've, you know, overstretched yourself. You had paid for the house in the same neighborhood at a level that you did not anticipate. One which, and then you can imagine, right? Because then the third house goes on sale. It goes at an even higher price. And that's how prices, you know, change. And, you know, this, it, even though the example here is oversimplified, that is something that you can relate to. In that same way, that, you know, is very similar to what happened here, which is, you know, part of the feeding frenzy, the, you know, very peculiar straight up dynamic that you had all throughout August in the big cap NASDAQ stocks, which, you know, the rate of increase accelerated, largely explained by this dynamic. There's a second point here, and it has to do with you as persons who may have, you know, investment portfolios or, you know, retirement portfolios, whatever it would be, which is, you know, these marginal facts wouldn't be visible to individual investors as they occur. And what I did is on the YouTube video, on the latest YouTube video, the uh, Max Major Medicare Weekly, I pointed this out, which is to say, look, you know, the narrative, the articles that are you will find in the media, the popular press, would all try to assign a narrative, a story to kind of explain, you know, why the market had gone to the all-time highs. <laughs> Guess what? SoftBank was nowhere near this. 
And that's my second takeaway tip for you, which is before you get too happy or too sad, uh, you know, one way or the other, you need to keep in mind that the professional investment community is talking about topics and behaving in ways that don't go explained in the popular press. Because the reality is, is the article that I point out in the video, as well as here, you know, today, and the link again is in the text of the video of this podcast, I should say. What I'm saying is, is the actual explanation isn't what was kind of speculated in the press. So as a result, your sense of comfort should be notably lower just because you're seeing the result that you had hoped for. The NASDAQ whale, SoftBank, and Gamma Hedging are a reminder of this central idea. Okay, let's wrap it up here. Don't forget, Medicare ABC's The Virtual Event on October 5th. Go to MaximizeYourMedicare.com, pre-register. Their number of spaces is running out quickly. I am going to close this down, the registration, because it's limited due to technology. So again, MaximizeYourMedicare.com. And finally, be sure to subscribe and like. You know, give this podcast a five-star rating if you like it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening. I'm Jay. Speak with you next time.